Hello, Scale It Up Nation. Trace Blackmore here, your host for Scaling Up H2O. Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we're scaling up on knowledge so you don't scale up your systems. Everybody, this is a Pinks and Blues episode, and you know that on Pinks and Blues, I answer the questions that you, the Scaling Up Nation, have for me. So that's exactly what I'm going to do today. And several people have asked me to explain what our job is at the most simplistic level. Now, I've had several questions that are around that theme, so I'm just going to theme all those questions together. Now, you've heard me say before, so I'm going to say it again, that we might be water treatment professionals, but what it should say on our business cards, that we are heat transfer efficiency managers. All the fancy things that we do, all the extra value that we bring to our customers is just because our job is to make sure that the equipment that we are treating is working as efficiently as possible. So let's unpack that last phrase for a second. We are called water treaters, but the fact is we are equipment treaters. We're putting our wares into the water that goes through the equipment that we are treating, but our job is to make sure that that equipment is as efficient as it possibly can be. Now, when I say efficient, what does that mean? Well, Trace, that's a great question, so let me answer that. Efficient or efficiency, as far as water treatment is concerned, it means that we are using the least amount of water possible for that equipment to do its job, and we are using the least amount of energy possible for that equipment to do its job. Now, that translates into we keep the equipment as clean as we possibly can, so that way there is no insulation. There's nothing that's interfering with the transfer of heat from one piece of equipment to the next. Now, if you have ever gone to one of my presentations where I talk about this topic, you've seen me explain all the different pieces of equipment, whether it's HVAC or it's process or whatever the equipment is that we're dealing with, I always refer to it as heat exchange. So one piece of equipment is taking heat out of whatever's making our process or the room that we're trying to cool, and then all the other pieces of equipment is there to take the heat from that previous piece of equipment. And then finally, we take it outside to something like a cooling tower, and that's where it's rejected out into the atmosphere. But again, so we can go back through the train, so we can grab more heat to take it through all those pieces of equipment so we can then reject it out into the atmosphere. So if you're ever looking at equipment and you're wondering what it does, think about it in terms of heat transfer. And it's been my experience that when I look at it from heat transfer, 
it almost defines itself. It's a great technique, it's a great learning tool, and I promise you, you will find things out about equipment that nobody else has figured out before. You know what, my last water treater's been doing it this way for 20 years, or this equipment's been hooked up like that for 20 years, and you're the first person to say that this is not hooked up properly. The reason you can do that is because you understand the heat transfer that's going through equipment. Now, when it comes to heat transfer, all of the heat transfer that we do is conductive. That means one piece touches another piece and the heat is transferred from one to another and that's how the heat travels through all the equipment, through all the different bodies of water in the system, so we can eventually get it out into the atmosphere where we don't care about it. When it comes to heat, we're taking it from a place that we don't want it and rejecting it to a place that we don't care about it. Now, anything that gets on our surfaces is going to do two things. One, it's going to reduce the capacity of the water that's in the system. A little small amount might not really amount to much, but more will. But it will definitely create an insulative factor where now it's like having a blanket on our heat transfer surfaces. Our heat has to go through whatever metal it is, and it also has to go through whatever debris, for those Jim Lukanich fans out there, the debris, whatever that debris is, it has to go through that as well, and that translates into more energy. We have to do more work because the system is not clean. So if we do our jobs well, we are able to keep the system clean and translate savings as far as dollars, as far as natural resources to our customer. Now, a lot of people ask me, okay, well, what is our job? We already said it's a heat transfer efficiency manager, but what is our job as a water treater? Well, one, we have to understand the equipment that we are treating. Even though we're water treaters, we are equipment treaters that happen to be treating it through water. And if we don't understand that equipment, we are never going to do the best job that we can. So folks, if you're just taking a water sample and running some tests out of your test kit, you are not doing the complete job. You've got to know every piece of equipment that your water that you're treating is going through. If you do not know that, you cannot do the proper job. So please close your test kit, do a tour of the entire facility, and make sure you know every piece of equipment that you are responsible for with your water treatment program. And if you haven't done this in a while, but you have done it, you probably want to do it again. I can't tell you how many times that a customer has identified that there is a problem in the system, and it's because somebody tapped into the system and they never told us about it. And it was in an area of the building that we would have never found it. So always keep that dialogue going so your customer immediately thinks about you when it comes to anything that happens with the systems that you are treating. I don't know why that is. Hey, we're getting ready to tap into the system. Uh, Trace is our water treater. Trace has done a great job. We need to make 
make sure that we include Trace on this decision. It just doesn't happen automatically. I'm not sure why. I don't think it's offensive and I don't take offense to it, but we've got to make sure we're continuously asking our customers what has changed since the last time I was here and that includes have you added any additional equipment. Folks, I've arrived at an account where a brand new cooling tower was right in front of me and I had no idea they were getting rid of the old one. Now, I like to think that we do a great job of talking with our customers and they understand what an ally they have in us and how we try to be the intermediary between the mechanical contractor and the building owner or the facility owner so we can make sure that both parties are talking in a way that everybody can understand. I think we do that as good as anybody else. I want to say we probably do it better, but we really work hard at that. And even with that being said, we still run into these issues. So always talk about equipment to your customers and make sure that if you have new equipment coming, that they tell you about it. Always ask the question because that's how you're going to find out. Well, when you're treating whatever the equipment is that you have in front of you, you're always treating for four key issues. As a water treater, we understand that water is the best heat transfer medium that is out there. So because of that, we have to accept the issues that come when we use water as a heat transfer medium. Now, if we were to look at the hydrologic cycle, we would learn that only pure water evaporates, leaving its solids behind, and then eventually clouds form when water is evaporated. Those clouds, when they get heavy enough, they condense and they form rain. From that point on, water is no longer water. Water is water and stuff. Water is the universal solvent. So water against anything else will lose, water will dissolve it given enough time. So as it's falling down from the clouds, it's starting to dissolve all of the gases it comes in contact with. Oxygen, carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, you name it, it is dissolving it and then it hits the ground. When it hits the ground, it starts dissolving everything that's on the ground. And as it percolates down through the ground, it's dissolving even more. The longer it percolates down, the more minerals it's starting to dissolve. And it's also carrying dirt and debris along with it. So all of that is mixed in with the water. So if we were to look at the four areas that we have to address, if we're using water as a heat transfer medium, it's because of how water dissolves and picks up everything. So let's examine some of the minerals that water dissolves. Silica, calcium, magnesium, chlorides, iron, all these other things that we probably are testing for, water is dissolving. And we have to know all the things that are in the water that are going to create a problem for us because we've got to make sure that they stay soluble within the system. If they start to precipitate out, that's what forms scale. Now, if we look at all the things that the water hasn't had a chance to dissolve yet, and they're just kind of running along for a ride with the water, that's all our dirt and debris. Again, the Jim Lukinich fans out there, the Debris. So that's all the dirt and debris that's coming in with the system, including microbial. So we've got 
three of the four legs right there. Now, water is the universal solvent, so there's nothing we can do to stop water's potential to corrode, but we can slow that down, and that's what we do as water treaters. But when it has all those dissolved gases in it, that is going to enhance water's ability to corrode. So those are the four things that us water treatment folk have to deal with. We have to deal with corrosion. We have to deal with scaling. We have to deal with microbial fouling. And then we have to deal with the dirt and debris. If we can do all four of those things, we are doing our job well. We are making sure that the system is running efficiently. That means that the system is clean. There's no extra particulate in the system. There's no extra corrosion in the system. All those things that will get in the way of us having good, clean, efficient heat transfer from one body to the next that's our job and that's what we do. Well, I hope that answers the question, how can I explain what we do as a water treater in the most simplest terms so people see the value in us water treaters? Another question that I get is, how do you explain what it is that we do to a customer so they see the value? Well, folks, exactly what we just did. Make sure your customer understands that, but make sure that you talk to them in terms of money. I promise you, regardless of any affiliation that anybody has with a political party, an action movement, uh, what they wear on Tuesday, every single person, regardless of anything, they get money. So when you can convert, what you do into money to them, I promise you that you are going to make a connection with them. So with that in mind, let's talk about money. Now, I'm willing to bet you've never had a customer come up to you and say, hey, you're doing a great job. Can you please increase the amount that you're charging us? Now, if you've had that conversation, my hat is off to you, but I've got to tell you, 20-something years in this business, I have never had a conversation like that. So I want to paint a picture of what a true water treatment program is worth to the people that we are working for. I'm talking about our customers. And if they don't understand this value, they're not going to understand the value that we give to them each and every day. So if you have a piece of scale, and for argument's sake, we're going to say it's calcium carbonate scale, and it's the thickness of a sheet of paper. So wafer thin, wafer thin, sir. So it's very, very small, and just the thickness of a sheet of paper. And now what we're going to realize is that very tiny coating of scale, when it comes to efficiency, is going to reduce our efficiency by 10%. That means that whatever our bill is, and let's talk about a chiller, and I don't know if you know, but I'm gonna tell you, so now you do, 
A chiller is responsible in a commercial office building for the most consumption of electricity in that building. So now we're talking about increasing the amount of energy it takes to run the most expensive piece of equipment in that building. So I'm going to take you through some math that we're going to do. I apologize. You know, speaking of that, so many people ask me, hey, can you start doing math on your podcast? I've seen you do it at AWT and you're a great teacher and I got a lot out of it, but I'd really love for you to do it on the podcast. Folks, I just don't know what that looks like. If I start shouting out numbers to you and you're driving around going to your next account, I'm just worried what's going to happen behind that steering wheel. So I'm not saying no, I just don't know how to do it. But I'm going to go ahead and try on this. So you know now as a Scaling Up Nation member that the thickness of a sheet of paper of scale is going to increase that chiller usage by 10%. Isn't that amazing? That small, small amount of scale is going to increase the usage of energy by 10%. So now let's take an average chiller. So we have a 500 ton chiller running 24 hours a day, 365 days a week. And let's say it's using 0.6 kilowatts per ton and this customer is paying seven cents per kilowatt. If we do the math just left to right and multiply all that out, we find that that customer is paying $184,000 a year to operate that chiller when it's clean. Well, now we don't have a clean chiller. We have a fouled chiller, the thickness of a sheet of paper. So now it's going to cost them an additional 10%. Well, 10% of 184,000 is 18,400. Now, one of the great privileges I have with serving with so many other water treaters in the Association of Water Technologies is I know that in California, a certain account might go for X, where in Florida, it might go for Y, and then in Atlanta, because I work here, it goes for Z. So if I look at all the different waters that are around the United States, I can say safely that a water treatment program for that 500 ton chiller that we just did the math for will range somewhere between $6,000 and $12,000. Now, with that said, they're spending an extra $18,400. So if we go on the top tier of how much a water treatment program like that would cost, let's say $12,000, that is still a far cry from that 18,400. How many of your customers realize this? How many of you out there in the nation realize this? Our job when we do it properly is a drop in the proverbial bucket when it comes to how much energy we can save our customer. We have to start telling the story because then we're going to be able to work with that customer better and they're going to look less at the top line, meaning the invoice that you're sending them and look more below the line at the amount they're paying for their utilities. But they're not going to get there on their own. We have to help them with that. 
Well, in addition to saving all that money, they're getting all the things that we do in order to be a heat transfer efficiency manager. They're getting corrosion control. They're getting biological control. They're getting scale control. They're getting overall system cleanliness. They are getting an advocate that probably understands their system better than any other vendor that they are working with. And they're also getting somebody that can talk with other vendors and then explain to the customer how that affects the actual system. Folks, if you are not acting as an advocate for your customer and making sure that they understand all the equipment that they own through you, because I promise you, water treaters have a perspective that other vendors don't. And when we can help the customer understand what the equipment is that they own and how it works, it helps them make better decisions so they can do better things with that system. And folks, we also have a way of speaking with the vendor, the mechanical contractor, the people installing the equipment in a way that allows us to speak to them and they just get it, they understand it. So I don't know why, but water treaters are just a great intermediate between the customer and all the other vendors that are working on these systems that we're responsible for. So everybody's playing well together. We're kind of the uh, translators between the equipment, the equipment owner, and the people doing the work on the equipment. So that means we can help them schedule when maintenance needs to be done, when cleanings need to be done, and why it's better to do them at certain times of year or certain times of day. A while ago, I was working with a customer and they were just simply taking their chiller offline and cleaning them at the will of the mechanical company. And they didn't have anything bad in mind with this. They just didn't think it all the way through. And whenever they were done, they put the chiller back online. Well, folks, I live in Atlanta. And if you don't know, I'm going to let you know a little secret. It gets hot here. It gets really hot here at about 100% humidity. So we are definitely using the chillers during the summertime. Well, that's when this chiller was cleaned and it was put online at about 3 p.m. in the middle of August. So what had happened was because that chiller was ramping up, because there was a bigger heat load in that building, that was the most expensive time for that customer to buy electricity from the local power company. So what that did, that actually charged them a lot more money for electricity on their bill, but because there was so much energy usage during that peak time, it actually rolled them over to a higher tier of buying electricity. Now that lasts for one year. They suffered that for an entire year and it wasn't until after a year passed that they were able to reset that and then buy all of their electricity at a lower tier. That was only because that chiller shutdown was not planned properly and they paid the side effects of that for one year. Folks, us as water treaters, us as heat transfer efficiency managers, we think in those terms. Now, if we were invited in on that conversation, we could have told them about that and they wouldn't have had to pay that higher bill that lasted an entire year.
Well, Nation, I cannot imagine a better job out there. I love my job as a water treater. I have never been bored a day in my life. I see things that I do not have the right to see. You name the piece of equipment, I have probably walked into that facility to see how it's made. I absolutely love water treatment. Now, my father got me involved in water treatment. I had no idea what a gift my father was bringing me into. And I hope that all the water treaters that are hearing my voice right now, you feel the exact same way about your job. If you do your job correctly and you're always learning more than you know right now, I promise you, you are going to feel the exact same way as I do. I sure like bringing this show to you. I love it when I get questions from the audience because I know I am laser focused on exactly what you want me to talk about. But folks, as you know, you've heard the plea before, I am going to run out of material sooner or later, and then you are just going to listen to dead air. And maybe some people out there would prefer that more. I'm willing to bet that most of you would not. I hope most of you would not. So I want you to help me help you and let me know what questions you have. I just used about six questions in this episode that I bunched all up together. So now I've got to replenish the pot that those questions came from. So please help me do that. You might say, Trace, how do I help you do that? And other people are saying, well, he says it every week. How can you not know that? Well, I'm going to say it again. You can go to Scaling Up H2O dot com and there is a show ideas section where you can fill out an email to me or even better there is a button on the right hand side of the screen that says leave voicemail and you can record your voice leaving your question for me and I might even use it on the air and as folks out there in the scaling up nation know if I use your question on the air you are going to get a scaling up h2o t-shirt. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants one. And now you know how you can get your very own. So please keep those ideas coming. Keep those questions coming. And if you have somebody you want me to interview, I would love to know who it is. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is so many of us spend so many hours in our car. We're listening to Scaling Up, but you can only binge so much Scaling Up before you catch up. And I know a lot of you out there will listen to episodes multiple times. I love you for that. But another way that you can continue to learn while you're doing your job, while you're driving to your next account, is you can go to Audible and you can get a free book and a free month from me to try it out. And how you do that, you go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Audible and you can see how I read the majority of the books that I read. I get a tremendous amount of information on this podcast from my reading, so I can't let you all down, but I am driving so much I don't have time to pick up a book and read it. Audible allows me to do that on my terms. I know you're going to love this service, but you can try it out for free by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash audible. 
Nation, as you know, there are only so many opportunities for us water treatment folk to get together, and we have one of those golden opportunities coming up. It's going to be September 11th through 14th, and that's going to be in Palm Springs, California. Well, what is it that I'm talking about? What's going to be September 11th through 14th in Palm Springs, California? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the Association of Water Technologies Annual Convention and Expo. Folks, I'm going to be there. I'm actually going to be moderating a panel of young professionals. We did this last year. We had a great time with it. We taught a bunch of people how to work better with multi-generations, and we're going to do it again. So folks, those things sell out. So if you have not gotten your tickets for the convention coming up in September, you want to go ahead and do that. And the thing that goes even quicker are the hotel rooms. Folks, if you want to stay at the host hotel, I recommend you make those reservations sooner rather than later. The first year that I was off the board of the Association of Water Technologies, I was so used to the wonderful staff there making my reservations, I actually forgot to make my reservations. By the time I realized I forgot to make my reservations, I called the hotel and they didn't have a single room left. Folks, when I tell you the hotel sells out, the hotel sells out. I know that from firsthand experience. So I went to the hotel across the street, actually it was a little further down than that, and you're thinking, big deal. Well, folks, it is a big deal because when you come to conventions such as this, you wanna be right in the middle of the action. You don't wanna to have to worry about going away from the venue to go back to your room or take care of whatever you have to take care of. You want it to be right there so you're always in the middle of the action. You don't wanna miss anything. There's so many great papers that people are going to present to you. There is so much that you can learn from the water treatment vendors that are going to be exhibiting there. Folks, you're gonna be able to see every single one of your vendors at one location. One trip under one roof and you can have so many business meetings with all of your vendors, even meet new ones and come up with ideas that when you come back to your territory, you will be able to just light it on fire because you now have a new idea that you didn't have before. But folks, the magic, the magic that I truly believe that you get to coming to something like this is you meet people that understand what it is that you do. You're gonna meet people that can help you when you run into problems. Folks, I can't tell you how invaluable it is when I see something and maybe I know exactly how to fix it, but then maybe I want a second opinion on it. I have a deep, deep bench of people that I can call and I can ask, what do you think about this issue? Have you ever seen it before? If this was your issue, how would you solve it? And that helps me so much. I can learn from their trials and tribulations, what worked, what didn't work. And then when I go to present something to that customer, I know it is the perfect solution. Well, folks, if you don't have friends in this industry, it's not to say you can't have that conversation, but it's going to be a lot more difficult. So when you go to any training event, any expo, 
It's important for you to talk to the people that are there so you can get to know more people and build your network. Now, I was very fortunate where I decided at a young age that I wanted to volunteer in an association that dealt directly with the type of water treatment that I am responsible for. And of course, that was the Association of Water Technologies. I'm still very active in the Association of Water Technologies, but I haven't been on the board of directors for a couple of years. Years because I've been involved in the AWT for 13 years now. That's amazing for me to think about, but 13 years of me giving myself to that organization. Well, folks, the organization also gave back because of the friendships that I was able to get and all of the knowledge that comes with those friendships. Well, something like that doesn't start by just attending one meeting. That was a culmination over many years of me giving to that organization and then people identifying me as a giver and they wanted to give things to me as well. So here's the deal. It all starts with meeting people. It all starts with you wanting to improve the industry that you are in. Folks, you all know it, you've all heard it before, I truly believe in JFK's quote, a rising tide raises all boats. Why else would I be doing this podcast? So when you do whatever it is that you do to give back to this industry, you are raising the tide that every other water treater gets the benefit from. Imagine if we all put a little bit of effort into raising that tide. How awesome this industry is. Folks, this is already an awesome industry, but just imagine what it could be if we all carried just a little bit of the load. Well, I hope that was inspiring for you. I hope you look for ways to rise that tide, and I sure hope that you tune back next week on Scaling Up H2O.